could you fashion a weapon out of a coat hanger? Who would win in a fight between Mike Myers and The Rock? Was Mike Myers a misunderstood comedy genius? All this and on how to survive horrors. Hello and welcome to this new podcast called How to Survive Horror Movies with me, Kia Ferguson, and my learned friend, I don't know if that's the right term, but close friend anyway, Toby Hewitt. Hello, uh, I am a learned man. Very learned, more learned than me in these things. <laughs> and through this podcast, we're going to be looking at different horror movies and assessing how how the people in it should have survived if they didn't, mm. and if they did survive, ultimately looking at whether or not they deserved it. Yeah, there's only one one place to start, and that's got to be with arguably the ultimate horror movie, Halloween. And why I call it the ultimate horror movie of Halloween is because mainly they got in first with the title of Halloween yeah. as a film. What a grab! Because <laughs> like if if you don't do that. That, that, no, no other film can be called Halloween now, unless it's a remake. And, and we've it's had like a few of those, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, but that was not the original title of the film. As obvious as it seems as a horror title. Yeah, it was about babys- the babysitting murders. It was the babysitter murders, yeah, yeah, which is a appalling title. So, 1978, John Carpenter. Now, my background is all in music. I know that he did the music for this in three yeah. days. What a score as well. It's just awesome. Yeah. And when we look at these films, we're going to be assessing them on various different things, but mainly when we're not just chatting rubbish about them. Mm. But uh, they're going to get a red wine rating, mainly because whenever I watch a horror movie, which I'm particularly terrible at normally, I will often spill glasses of red wine, which all stemmed from when I once watched the film Vice, where Christian Bale is um, playing Dick Cheney. Yeah, and there's a there's a scene in that where a guy's doing a tracking shot to camera, and he gets sideswiped by a bus, and I had a massive glass of red wine. I know Vice is not a horror movie, but I had a massive glass of red wine, spilt it everywhere. Yeah, girlfriend went nuts. <laughs> Spent about twenty minutes clearing it up, and then uh, rewound it. Watched that bit again, and uh, the same thing happened again <laughs> at exactly the same moment, <laughs> even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> so it took us about four hours to watch that movie because I kept spilling red wine. Um, so I've scored each of these with a red a red wine moment. So every time there's one where I think, oh, yep, I, uh, I pooped my pants a little bit yeah. there, mainly from jump scares, I've given that a note. I give it a bit of a gore rating. Um, for how gruesome or horrendous yeah. it is for things being blown up, chopped off, whatever. I've got a death count, and um, on the suggestion of my mum, she said, you know what the worst bit about horror movies is? When they never turn the lights on. So I've put a lights-on counter on that's, this as well. That's a sensible one, yeah. Good life advice from your mum. lights help you to be able to see things that's that are horrible true. and going to kill you. That's a good scientific fact that you've offered to, <laughs> to everyone there. So uh, I've got a lights on counter, and, and that's kind of how it how it's going to run. Uh, I'm also going to ask Toby whether or not anything horrific has happened to to him this week in the world, and how it should have been survived. We'll get a little bit into the film, 
And then hopefully when somebody else other than us two maybe listens to this mm. and maybe my mum, someone might write in with something horrific that is happening to them or has happened to them and we can hopefully give them some advice on how to survive that horrible horror situation. Excellent. Which can be anything. I don't really care. I'm up for giving people life advice because it, um, I'm clearly <laughs> an expert. <laughs> As it's the first episode, we're in the very start of 2021. Has anything horrific happened this week? Could be a basis of has anything horrific happened in the last year, which obviously did because 2020 mm. happened and there was a worldwide coronavirus pandemic. So it was basically an infection that was going to wipe out lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people and is still having an absolutely devastating effect. Yeah. Um, which kind of weirdly followed the um, the script to Contagion. The yeah. horror movie Contagion. And ultimately, Toby, I just wanted to ask, how on earth would would you plan to survive it if it did indeed mutate and decide it was effectively going to wipe nearly all of us out? Well, I'm glad you've asked me that, Kate, because I am, of course, an expert on pandemics. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and survival guidance in in extreme I'm, I'm situations. I'm a survivor. That's what I am. I don't know if I've told you this, but I um, you know, when you sometimes look up uh, like the advantages of certain sort of learning disabilities or things. So, like if, if you if you're dyslexic, you might look up what the advantages are to that. And there are a few things you'll be better at if you are dyslexic um, than people that are you know non neurodiverse people that are neurotypical. So I'm I'm dyspraxic as you know. And yep. at some point in um, in a, a midst of self-loathing, I thought, I'm going to look up what advantages this, this affords me. Because I bet there are some. There's always some sort of advantage to, to any sort of neurodiversity. Let's find yeah, free, free, free laptops from universities got to be one up there. Sure. That's I, true. I, 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 I was thinking less about handouts. I was thinking less tangible, like more like, you know, what does my brain do that's better than other people's brains? There's All right, yeah. And, and a free laptop in a worldwide pandemic is not necessarily going to aid you in survival. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I could use it to beat someone to death, I think, if I really needed yeah. it. Yeah. Although, who knows? Um, but I looked it up, and the, the answer was, was quite bleak and slightly insulting. And it was that um, people with dyspraxia are better at problem solving in terrible situations because they're so used to getting themselves into them. I always thought, if I was in that situation, I would go, first of all, to... And this might actually be a terrible idea now that I think about it, given what I'm good and bad at in life. I would head to a bike shop um, and I would get completely leathered up because at the end of the day, I don't think people can bite through leather. Like, whether or not you're a zombie... You're not biting through leather. I don't know whether I'd I'd go try and find something even stronger than leather, like um, chain mail. Yeah, but then your neck's still going to be exposed. Is the thing I feel like you can get more coverage with leather than you can with something that like chain mail. And chain mail's heavy, which would then yeah. impede you on the bike that you have stolen from the bike shop. That's true. I also can't ride a um, a push bike, so getting on a motorcycle for the first time during a zombie apocalypse is probably how I would die. On to uh, the actual film that we wanted to give some survival advice for this week. So we picked Halloween, the original mm-hmm. Halloween, which they did remake in 2018, but I haven't seen that yet. So they've, they've yeah. kind of, they've done some weird stuff with it as a franchise. So there's the, there's the Rob Zombie remake, and there's, of course, the sequel to that as well, which people hate. Yep. I actually really like the Rob Zombie. The second one in particular is very off its time and it's a bit kind of emo 
but I, I, I did really enjoy both of those films. Um, and then there was 2019 or 2020, I think 2019, which was a direct sequel to the one that we've just watched, the 1978 film, that imagines that none of the other sequels have happened. So it's just direct sequel to original Halloween. Um, I should warn people as well that there are definitely going to be spoilers in oh, this. Yeah. So if you've not seen it and you did want to watch it uh, without knowing what goes on, then probably best not listen to this until you've seen it. I mean, to be fair, the, the narrative is incredibly bare bones. It is just, there is a man who kills people probably because he's evil um, and he's trying to kill some people probably because he's evil. Well, I've got, I've got plenty of things to say about the main murderer in this, Mr. Mm. Michael Myers himself. Yeah, the legend. Because there's so many questions to be asked and answered about him. But if we just kind of rattle through rattle through it, I mean, I, I, I took up six deaths in this film. Um, the, the, the first death comes right at the start. The famous one. Yeah. The famous death where Mike Myers is just a kid and it's all done from his, his point of view, um, which is quite cool. And basically... His sister is getting it on with some guy. They go away and appear to get it on for about 10 seconds. I didn't count up how, exactly how long, but it, yeah, the stamina of these dudes... Later on as well, um, with the, the bloke with the glasses is the same. He's, he's in and out, jumped up. I don't consider myself to have a particular <laughs> reputation of legendary status by any stretch of the imagination, but... I like to think that I could go just a little bit longer than those dudes did. Maybe that was the expectation of the 70s, though. That's that. Very good. Roll over and have a fag. Yeah. Um, let's get down to the business of it. <laughs> or just leave immediately. Yeah. At first, we don't know who the killer is. And uh, we think it's just some creep who's sneaked in the back mm. door. And, I mean, you're just screaming that, why have you left the back door open, mainly? Yeah. But then she's just sat there in just a pants because that seems to be a theme in this is Brushing that you do get murdered yeah. well if if uh, if it's a female in a pants she's going to get murdered was um i did notice this kind of running as a little bit of a theme and the sister gets stabbed so mike takes a big 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 knife out of the old kitchen mm. goes upstairs gives her a good stabbing goes outside and then parents get home and you see who the killer is and it's this little I think he's six at the time, yeah. six-year-old. Like, personally, I don't think she could have avoided the death. No. Because I don't think she would have seen it coming. Mm. I mean, she knows her little brother's wandering around the house, so there was very little regard to shutting a door, and she was quite comfortable sitting there with not many clothes on. Mm. So possible the introduction of boundaries at an earlier age yeah. as a babysitter. But well, other than that, what you said about locking doors is the main thing here, isn't it? Because he's obviously outside going, presumably trick or treating. He's got his little costume on, we'll see later on. Um, so yep. she could probably do with locking those doors, as you said. Yeah, I do love that when they when the parents come and find, I presume it's his parents at the end, and they come home and, and find him with a knife. And there's that really weird sort of tableau shot where they kind of just freeze and then the camera goes up into into the sky above them it's really cool it's a great opening shot to the the rest of the film but then we have a time jump where we uh, we jump forward to a couple of people driving in a car for some reason they're going to move mike on the anniversary or the day before the anniversary of him committing these murders 
which I think is a bold move by anyone. It turns out that uh, that his, his doctor has been saying, you know, all he does is think about this particular night. So yeah, it's certainly <laughs> a bold move, as you said. But 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 the they make it very clear in the script that that's the law and that's the way it's got to be. But we never yeah. find out where he's supposed to be going or why. And no. I, I really like the fact that uh, they pull up to this basically a secure hospital. Uh, there's just loads of people just wandering around, and there's the question of do they normally let them wander around? It's like the middle of the night, lashing yeah. rain. Um, so why they're arriving at that time anyway? I don't know. But I like that we don't ever get an um, an a reason for any of this happening because it's yeah. <laughs> like that they just went yeah yep but they were just no one knows why they escaped or they were wandering around they just were I think it's one of the strengths yeah. of the film I think the they know what your expectation is and they just want to give you a very concise pack film with all the bits that you want all of the deaths all of the, the gore all of the sort of strange voyeuristic stalking with Michael Myers and there are a lot of weird moments where if you think about it too much it does become a bit absurd like the the uh, the, the very beginning is when you were talking about young Michael Myers. Um, you said you liked the the idea of him creeping around the outside of the house. And it is great. It works really well. It's really creepy. But when you start to think about it, he's kind of moving like a crab, just from side to side, <laughs> one side of the wall to the other. And then when he's actually stabbing his, uh, his, his sister Judith, I think she's called, Judith Myers, um, he looks up at his raised hand as he's stabbing to stare at I would stab myself in the stomach. If I was staring at the night, <laughs> I'd be dead. But yeah, it works brilliantly as long as you don't engage too much as you're watching the events. I like how they just brush over stuff. So like um, yeah. at this point, there's chaos at the uh, facility and uh, Mike steals the car hmm. um, that this doctor has arrived in with this nurse. And then he just drives off. Yeah. And then there's one point where they go, um, how did he learn to drive? And then the doctor just goes, one of you people must have taught him how to do it at that facility of yours. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, rehabilitation starts at the wheel. Everybody knows this. I was never sure if that was a, an in-universe explanation of how that happened or if it was a really sick burn. It was like, oh, you're so terrible at your jobs that you've been teaching him to drive for some bizarre reason. I just I just think it's ace, though. I was just like, well, it doesn't matter. He's driven now, so yeah, maybe that's not. that. Moving on, let's get on with some murdering. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Big fan. And yeah. um, the next death we don't see for quite a while because there's no. lots of stalking around. But he he actually um we find out a little later on the doctor's doing right retracing his journey where he stops at a phone box to ring the yeah. police officer of the town Haddonfield where Mike had, uh, where he thought Mike was heading to. Yeah. And then he finds the mechanic dead. Uh, and again, not really sure how the mechanic could have avoided it. Um, because he wouldn't have known. Yeah. In the kind of in the middle of nowhere, and Mike kills him to basically just steal his overalls. Yeah. Uh, and I like that they filled that bit in in the film. They were like, you know what? We need to explain why he's wearing overalls. So that that was nice. So he's he's building up his deaths. Do we ever find out where he gets the mask from? I can't remember now. Yeah, he steals it from a hardware store and there's That's one it. moment in it where, because uh, this is going on as well, but it's like on a really busy intersection mm. where I'm like, how is no... There is a moment about this bit as well because um, two of the two of the main characters in this, we've got Laurie and Annie who are both sharing a joint while driving, yeah. Yeah. which while being stalked by Mike Myers in the car behind, which is just <laughs> awesome in itself for the advert of drug driving. But Annie's dad is a, a cop yeah and they see him 
and they start panicking that he's going to have spotted them having a mm. having a split while they're driving. But but instead of just driving off hoping that he hasn't seen him because he's really busy dealing with this mass breaking, they pull up next to him and have a conversation <laughs> with him before then driving off. And I'm just like, do you think he noticed? I was like, well, probably because you pulled up next to him, taking <laughs> away. And I'm like, but, you know. See, I think that's believably teenage behaviour. Like, yeah, you'll never um, know. Stoned teens are not known for their decision making. Yeah, I was a bit weirded out that nobody's reported this weird dude firstly driving around town, the weird dude who broke into a hardware store, stole yeah. knives and a mask. Yeah. There'd been absolutely zero news reports about a mass breakout from yeah. a local secure facility. I, I suppose it's because they're, they, you've got all the very realist stuff that's going on in Halloween, but he is presented as a sort of pseudo-supernatural character, isn't he? So people don't yeah. see him. You get the little boy later on starts to get glimpses of him, but nobody believes him. So they start to lead into that supernatural element more and more as it goes along, which means that they can hand wave more and more of those questions and say, oh, well, it's just weird because he's weird. And we don't know what he is. Another favourite bit is where one of the there's, uh, one of the kids who's kind of a featured character in it is getting a little bit bullied by some others. Yeah. And they kind of trip him up and he, and he spills his pumpkin. Yeah. Heartbreak. One of the kids who's running away runs out around the corner. And this was this was a red wine moment, actually. He runs <laughs> straight into the arms of Mike Myers. So this yeah. kid runs around the corner, gets capped, like held by this dude wearing this terrifying mask and a boiler suit. Doesn't let out a scream, a whimper, no nothing. He's just like, carry on then. <laughs> and I'm like... That, that's a kid who's seen some stuff for that not to be a moment where you go, that was out of the ordinary. Yeah. But it would add into that It would add into that uh, kind of imagery of it being this... The boogeyman. Uh, yeah, the boogeyman, supernatural. You only, you only see him for what he really is when he's after yeah. you. And it kind of works that the kids see him and the kids recognise him because he is this weird cultural myth that kids are scared of. So it does kind of work in its favour more than being... Um, a sort of jarring lack of logic. And then we just get loads of cool, creepy shots of him being around town, hiding mm. in a garden in between bedsheets, uh, which I thought was great because Laurie looks out of a window, sees the, Mike Myers in her garden yeah. between some bedsheets just staring at her, which is just a great <laughs> shot anyway. But then she, she doesn't go and lock any doors. She does nothing apart from lie down on her bed and have a nap with all of her clothes on her You've just think you've seen some weird dude who you think you've already seen around town. Yeah, I'd be locking them doors. Yeah, I, I would. I would shit myself. If we talked about where it, what his mask is actually of, it's a William Shatner mask, <laughs> the, the terrifying <laughs> mask of Michael Myers. <laughs> it's just William Shatner's face. That's excellent. Yeah. I wonder if they had to ask permission to do that or not. Because it was a film. That's the face of a killer. It leads to the worst death in the film, the one mm. that I only had any real sympathy for, which was where Annie um, is doing some babysitting for a kid yeah. called Lindsay and they have this big German shepherd dog and then uh, Mike kills the dog. Yeah. And I was debating whether or not to include animal deaths in the death count, but I think point. if a dog is killed, it needs to be recognised. It's because a special kind of death. We, I think arguably, and as you've kind of hinted at there, we often respond more viscerally to the death of a dog than we do to characters in the film. Yeah, yeah, because the dog doesn't deserve it on any level. And I don't think yeah. the dog could have avoided it, apart from 
being a better biting dog? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've met plenty of German shepherds that I thought were going to rip my face off, but Mike's a pretty tough dude, as we yeah. discover later on, and uh, the, do- the poor dog does not stand a chance. And then we just get loads of loads of Annie leaving the back door open. She eventually spills some something on her clothes, which results in her having to... Thank you, I've Yeah, so she leaves the house in just her pants. Yeah. And, and that's the moment I think that I knew that she was going to be a dead yeah. woman. Yeah. Because she decides she's going to go pick her boyfriend up mm-hmm. while dropping off Lindsay at the house where Laurie is babysitting yeah. um, another kid. She goes into the house to get the keys for a car because she tries the car door. It's locked. She gets in the car and... My, the car's unlocked, but she doesn't realise it in time because she's, she's got love on the brain yeah. and Mike's in the back of the car where he goes for a strangulation. I love this scene. I think it's a, it, a, it's a film that I've seen hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, so for the most part, I'm kind of watching it without being too emotionally or intellectually engaged with it. But at, at this moment, I did suddenly get a horrible feeling in my gut as she sees the condensation on the inside of the window and realises what that means. And obviously, she, as you said, she realises that the car door has been unlocked and it is like a really horrible feeling in your gut, that realisation that you're absolutely about to die. <laughs> she makes a series of excellent decisions before she does. Yeah, spill some, some sauce on you, take off all of your clothes and then go outside. Always <laughs> a winner. I mean, even before that, when she took, when she takes Lindsay across to the house where Laurie's babysitting, mm. which is the house directly opposite, she still doesn't put any trousers on and just no. goes, all right, I'm wearing a shirt. I've got like, to say, though, I kind of respect that. I came to respect Danny probably more than any of the other characters in the film. She didn't give a shit. So she's now dead. Yeah, which I was genuinely sad about. Again, I really liked her. I don't think Mike gets away with any of this in this modern day because of Facebook community pages. If some <laughs> dude's driving around in a mask and yeah, creeping about, like, I, I'm, I'm a member of quite a few of these community pages yeah. where I live now yeah. but I'm still a member of the one of where I previously lived and I'm pretty positive that I could track the movements of a potential car thief yeah. just through the thread as it happens live people are yeah. just literally taking pictures out of their houses of this suspicious looking dude who's probably just going to the shops Yeah, you, you can follow it live and I, I think Mike really struggles in, uh, in modern day how is Mike Myers so strong Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, after this death, basically, uh, another of the, the main characters, Linda, comes with her boyfriend to the mm. house where Annie had been babysitting, where she was supposed to be fooling around with her boyfriend. So Linda and her boyfriend, Bob, turn up. Mm. And obviously Mike's still around. They do very little light turning on, but they're more interested in having 10 seconds of fun. Yeah. it You know, Linda eventually ends up in just a pants, which is the, obviously the, the, the sure sign that she's going to be dead yeah. in any minute now. Yeah. But, but Mike kills Linda's boyfriend, Bob, by choking him, kind of like a Darth Vader death grip. It is, yeah. And then and shoves a knife through his body yeah. that travels all the way through pins into the yeah. the wall behind him and just pins him on the wall without his body slumping down or anything. And I was like, that Mike Myers dude is strong. He's but then strong. he doesn't tie in because his doctor says that the only thing he's done for, well, 12 years, no, it's more than 15 years, yeah. is sit and stare at a wall but not see the wall look through it. So my main question is where did he learn to drive? Yeah. But also how, how did he become the rock? 
in <laughs> in the space of no time. Nobody noticed him working out or just getting really strong. Or I'd, I'd, uh, uh, that was a bit where I was like confused about how Mike would 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 get that uh, strong. And you'd, again, he's you know he's been locked up for this time. You'd think people would have noticed there was something just bizarre about him and done some kind of tests to see why he was genetically superior to everyone else in the world. My only suggestion for this is that he clearly is on some kind of PCP or some superhuman strength drug, some really strong spice or something like that. that, He basically... He found so, so, someone played a prank on him when he was six years old, and oh, let's give the kid some drugs. That'll be funny. While he's trick or treating, he took it, murdered his sister, mm. hooked. Then he went away to prison, um, and all he's thought about in that time is how he gets some more of this stuff. So as soon as he escapes, he gets some more that he probably steals from the mechanic. Makes sense. <laughs> and, then, and then and then, basically goes on his super strength, superhuman rampage, which would suggest that how you survive a horror movie against a super strength, drugged up Mike Myers is that you can't because he is supernatural in power. What if you get really into PCP? Take more than him. So basically have a ride off. Like yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be, I, I mean, I'd love to see Mike Myers fight The Rock, which I think will yeah. be the next Fast and Furious film. Halloween versus Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious Halloween special. I, I'd be all over that. That's when I'd probably go and see. Because anything The Rock proposes, if he ever did listen to this, it does get produced because he has yeah. ultimate production power. Linda's boyfriend basically gets strangled, pinned up, and knifed to a wall. Yeah. I mean, I think you've given the answer to how he should have survived is that he should have just taken loads of PCP. Yeah, it seems to be the only logical conclusion to draw. Or spent more time in the bedroom. So take the beers up to bed with you. Get them on the way. And then you, yeah, because you know you're not going to last more than 10 seconds. (laughs) So plan what you're going to do after. Open it, get down to business and then drink it. It'd probably be just right after you've done that. The, the fizzle have just settled, yeah. just enough. You can enjoy that cold, refreshing beverage. Michael, turn up. You've got a glass bottle. Then, then you might have more of a chance. Yeah. Because I think Mike seems to gain strength with the more people that he kills. That's an interesting idea. You know, he kills. He does eventually kill Linda with a telephone cord mm. after she has a bit of a go at him. Um, when she tries to ring Laurie, why she doesn't ring the police? Well, Laurie's like everybody's mom, isn't she? I suppose they all treat her as like a mother figure. I wouldn't ring my mom if I was being murdered. Surely it'd take a long time to dial your mate's number as well, rather than just nine one one. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, for some random reason, the doctor has just stood outside Mike Myers' old house, just waiting for him to show up. Shouting it, please. <laughs> So then there's still still no news reports, no nothing. There's one police officer on the search for him. So Mike's got a pretty clean run at this. And fair play. He he, he sees his chance and he takes it. He has has a fantastic night. He's been looking forward to this for a really long time. It's all planned out. It's worked out terrifically for him, actually. Like the sequence of events is just like, oh, look, there just (laughs) happens to be three three girls there that I'm going to murder. 
I've got my PCP. I've got yeah. these lovely overalls. I robbed that hardware store and got this yeah. nice Shatner mask that nobody knows me doing. <laughs> got a few weapons. I love Shatner. Shatner. He's having a great time, actually. Actually, this is like his best day ever. <laughs> the bit that always really makes me laugh is he obviously does have a sense of humour. Because he does that great gag where he puts the sheet over himself and bumps glasses off. <laughs> I, I, I missed that when talking about the Linda death, which was a... Yeah. <laughs> it's superb, that bit. But he's talking about it. He's like, I'm going to get the sheet off and go in. Oh, no. Wait a minute. I could put the glasses on him. <laughs> it is a great gag. So, so we've killed Linda. We've killed Linda's boyfriend Bob. We've killed Annie. We've killed the dog. Mm. We killed a mechanic. He killed his sister all them years ago. So now there's on, there's only one left really for the big kill in this film, and that's Laurie. Yeah, the final girl. Carpenter denied this forever. That basically there was the strong message about, oh look, the girl who's an the lovely girl who's a virgin and works hard and studies and yeah. makes loads of money yeah. from babysitting is the only one that survives, whereas those yeah. whores, they're all dead. The murderer got them yeah. and killed them all. You can deny it all you like, but it is just there. Like whether or not that was your intent going in, you made that film that certainly has that message. There's no getting away from it. And I, I think that the key for knowing that Laurie might stand a chance of surviving is that we never see her in just a pants. But yeah, and it sounds like such a silly thing to say, but that is one way that the film does communicate to us that she is different to the others. And that's the difference. And that's what leads to her surviving. It is a really, really weird, very sexist message that the film has. And it's, you know, it's quite a commonplace one. This is a slasher film. They're obviously sort of descendants of the, the old Italian Jello movies, which are themselves incredibly um, fetishistic and, and sexualised in a way that they present the, the murders of these women. We do have quite a lot of this here. Um, as you were saying, Judith at the start, just sitting in a pants. And of course, Carpenter makes sure that we, we see her breasts as she's being murdered. When Annie's murdered, it's, it's a very similar setup. Um, with Linda, again, they're all really kind of sexualized as they're being murdered by this man and then what's he killing them with this giant phallic prop this big old knife it is a very sexualized coding of oh, their abso- deaths. absolutely um, so there's that and and then as i was saying before laurie is she's everyone's mother so there is that obvious madonna hall complex that is a, a big part of the film well, logic. When- Mike, Mike's basically now only got her left to kill, so he travels over from the house where Annie mm. was babysitting, where he's now done a lot of murdering, over to over to Laurie's, uh, the house that Laurie's in. But in between this, Laurie had been into Annie's, the house where Annie was working, I think, and found all of the bodies. Yeah. Um, that he'd very, very cleverly yeah, positioned. And the bit where Bob drops down. <laughs> the gag. Yeah. <laughs> a great gag. <laughs> Good gag by the way. That gets it got a red wine moment that one for when the when the body Not from fear, yeah, from laughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. from enjoyment yeah, of the yeah. gag. Because you weren't expecting it and it came and you were like, Yes, yes, Myers. It set it up like home alone, pranks throughout and I was like, Yes. It's like when you talk to people that are not that politically aware who really like like the populist figures like Donald Trump and, and Boris Johnson. And they'll often defend them by saying things like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that was really bad. And, yeah, he made a mistake there. But you've got to admit, he's really <laughs> funny. I think that's how I feel about Michael 
it's not great that he murdered those people, but you've got to have He had style. So Laurie then then goes ultra mother by going back to the house where she's just left two children on their own to then get them to do some hiding. Yeah. And she has a good battle with Myers. So she, um, I was, I was shouting, get a weapon quite regularly through it while he tried to strangle her. And she get, gets the, uh, the knitting needle where she throat stabs him. Yeah. Thinks he's dead. Yeah. Uh, Myers has a couple of terrible misses in this with the knife where I'm like, oh, come on, Myers. Like, be, you should be better than this by now. You've had a lot of practicing. Maybe the PCP was wearing off. When he gets the throat stab, I think he must take some more because then he gets up and uh, there's the whole hide. She, Laurie goes and hides in a cupboard. The kids yeah. are hiding in a different cupboard what do you think about that tactic that hiding the cupboard with the she tries the to set tactic? it up as if she's gone out the window because if you see she opens the doors and yeah. i mean my the biggest problem laurie's got is that she thinks she's killed him with the throat stab because she tells the kids that mm. which is why she then doesn't have a weapon when he you know gets up and and comes back for round two yeah. hiding in a cupboard it isn't the way I'd go. Did they have other options? Out the window and over the balcony. Get the mattress off the bed, mm. chuck it over the balcony, jump out. That's the way I would have gone. But you've got yeah. two small kids. You don't know whether Myers yeah. is going to be interested in a bit of, bit of child murdering. Is it safer in the house than, than outside the house? Because we, we talked before we, we started recording about... Um, when Laurie does go door to door and she bangs on that woman's door and she's screaming and screaming and screaming and the woman just turns off her line. <laughs> it's amazing. She looks so desperate at that point. And I'd, yeah. you would think that she would be recognised in the neighbourhood a little bit. Like she's clearly been babysitting yeah. a lot at the house opposite because there's reference to it. And this woman just does not entertain it at all. She's like, no, I'm not dealing with that. Shuts the curtain, lights off. Not tonight. Like, <laughs> what an arsehole. I think if there was a, you know, a screaming teenager screaming like she was about to be murdered outside my door, probably go and, and see what was going on i've got to give laurie some credit there because she does desperately try to survive um by doing that does. and it just happens to be yeah. some arsehole neighbors who are like you're on your own love you you need to you need to deal with this yourself so she's attacked in the cupboard again there's not much urgency to call the police at any point no when she thinks she's throat stabbed myers she does go check on the kids first, which I suppose is fair enough. But yeah. I've given her a, a, an extra good point for good weapon usage where she fashions the yes. coat hanger into an eye-stabby weapon to a sheep. Into a sheep. Shank. I think she'd do all right in prison, you know. Like. I think she would. She's basically got this really streetwise urgency to survive and i give her a lot of credit for that she's scrappy so she gets yeah she gets myers with a really good direct hit in the eye it is good i don't know if i could do that so i did respect her when i was watching it so I, I don't think i could replicate that it was a really good shot so then she thinks she's killed him again and then i was just screaming like tie him up just tie his hands together or something just do do something put him in the wardrobe and lock i don't know just tie him up or lock him somewhere that's away from you but she's so confident that the old eye stabs oh, got him. Go for his other arm. Yeah. Blind yeah. him completely. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just made one note where he sits up like the Undertaker, the old wrestler. And I was like, yes, yes. that's awesome. Um, and I got even more respect for Myers when he does that because I used to love the Undertaker so much. Yeah. And then, like, he, it's another, another sound that he's enjoying himself, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get up normally. He just, yeah, dead man, dead man rises. And uh, the only note I wrote 
next to that was hard as fuck. So I was like, fair play, mate. It's like, <laughs> because, but then he gets even harder by the doctor arriving, puts five bullets in him, and yeah. I can't remember, five bullets, yes. where he falls then yeah. off a balcony from a second floor window. Yeah. And, and you're like, ah, oh, he's done. Myers, you had a good run, man. But, and, and then, he, do, he he get he disappears he's and he's gone again. I, I love the fact that he he fires again even after so we see Michael Myers fall <laughs> to the ground out of range and he's still clicking the trigger with an empty barrel. It's, yeah, it's great. And uh, I, I feel for the Doctor at that point because I'm like he's clearly planned mm-hmm. on this for the entire duration of the film that he's going to empty a clip into Mike, yeah. and he's just like I've waited 15 years for this and he's just shelling away. <laughs> <laughs> You were the only patient that I could he never turn like back it. around and that I could never get through, so he just absolutely decimates him. I mean, maybe that explains some of the um, the sort of holes in the, the plot early doors. Maybe he's let him out. It's the only way he's going to get to put yeah, around him. Yeah, possibly, actually, yeah. He's taught him to drive on the weekend. I think Laurie did do enough to deserve to survive. I think fashioning yeah. your own weapons, trying to get help. She didn't call the police, but she did... Put up a really good fight. So you've survived. What do you do? You know he's still alive. You know he's out there. How do you play it? I suppose there's 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 two different in-universe answers to that based on the different continuities. Um, I think in original Halloween 2, I think they go to hospital, I think is the next immediate move, which seems like a sensible thing to do at that yeah. point in time. Um, but I haven't seen that since I was about 10, but I do think they go to hospital. Um, and then obviously in the, the new direct sequel from um, from last year, she uh, just has major PTSD and lives her life as a isolationist survivalist. Which is yeah, so you it. said she, she has a bunker. Yeah, yeah. In her, I think, I think that's a solid yeah. way to go because until the guy's caught, and you'd be amazed if he did because he's clearly got this superhuman strength because he survives yeah. a pretty big beating, does Mike, to be fair. Yeah. And he appears to come off unscathed, apart from his little swollen eye that you see when his mask is momentarily removed. I'd be I'd be pretty scared, because I'd be like, oh, no, I was the one that got away. Like, yeah. this is it now for the rest of my life. I mean, I'd move countries, yeah. because my one saving grace on this is I don't reckon Mike Myers is getting through airport security. Even 1978 airport security. In a post-9-11 world, he's yeah. not getting through airport yeah. security. I'd be hiding. I'd probably change my name, and I, yeah. I, I'd disappear. Hire your own security. Hire The Rock, as he's the only man. <laughs> Is there any man that might be able to fight this dude? Or, in a, in a brilliant thematic twist, hire the Undertaker, hire the actual dead man, and just That'd let be them great. fight. I, I mean, I would pay yeah. a lot of money to watch a pay-per-view of yeah. the Undertaker tombstoning Mike Myers. Would you know who else would probably pay a lot of money for that? John Carpenter, who absolutely loves wrestling. Ratings that I gave it, there were four red wine moments in this, so four red wine spillages for jump moments. But one of them was like where Laurie walks into a police officer and it just made me jump. But you have to understand how jumpy I am at this (laughs) stuff. It isn't good, man. It's not good. 
very subjective Honestly, scale. I mean, if we ever review The Woman in Black, that's red wine rating 500. It's horrendous. I consider it the, the scariest film of all time. Harry Potter and a horror film is not for me. That's all I'm saying, because I was just pooping my pants all the way through with the jump scares. Yeah. We got a six deaths, but the gore rating is very low on this. There is not a lot of gore. Um, right. There's a little bit of fake blood, but it is an independent film from 1978. They mm. do a decent job, and yeah. the way they get around having particularly gory deaths, like there's not much throat slashing. There's ha a hanger in the eye, but you don't see any blood or anything really from yeah. it. Um, yeah. Is that they go, right, well, this person's been stabbed. Let's make sure they know they've been stabbed. A little bit. They've got the boobs out. Mm. Let's have a bit of blood flowing down there. The only last bit I had to mention on this is just throwing back to Mike Myers' strength, and I'm going to round up with this. He picks up his sister's gravestone from the graveyard, again, without being seen, carries this to yeah. around town. What's weird is his car that he uses is parked outside of his old house, but where the gravestone mm. ends up is in Annie's bed, uh, in the bed, sorry, where Linda is lying dead with um, the gravestone on the bed and then Laurie discovers all the other bodies yeah. hidden around as well. So, like, basically, Mike Myers creates his own Halloween scary scene. He's like a director. It's, I, I always think a really good extra, when you get, like, Blu-ray extras, a really great one that all slasher movies like this should have is just loads of scenes of what you don't see, of them going about their day and setting all this ridiculous stuff up. So seeing him getting the sheet on his head and going, oh, and adding the glasses... Seeing him string the guy up upside down, watching him take a... Because he's he's not been part of society as an adult, so his world would probably be quite childlike. So I wonder if the way that he would he would get around and set these things up would be like the way that a kid would do it. Have you ever tried to move a gravestone, Tobes? They're pretty heavy. I have had to move those slabs at the, the back of our house, and it, it very nearly killed me. And then I hired different man to do obviously worked with stone quite a lot with my dad in the days and yeah stone is heavy mike, mike myers yeah. is an insanely yeah. strong dude and i think that makes him scarier mm -hmm. we he, you know surviving shots stabbed in the it neck does. stabbed in the mm -hmm. eye moving gravestones yeah. around on his own yeah I, i'm just I think that is the, the really scary part of him as a character. I think you're right. It's the it's that your death is basically inevitable. But ultimately, there's nothing you can do. Even at the end of the film, he's got up and walked off. It just doesn't stop. You are going to die. And that kind of inevitability of it is, is genuinely quite, quite scary. Well, overall, brilliant. Go and watch it if you've not watched it. If you watch it now, you'll know exactly what's going to happen. You can let us know how many red wine moments you had and I will tab a bit onto the end of this that gives you some contact details for how you can get in touch if you so wish you can also tell us any horrific and horrible moments that uh, have happened or are happening to you I am first yeah. aid trained and qualified but we don't just want horrible my arm got chopped off in a windmill but we can have those stories if you want uh, and uh, we will do our best to give you some advice on how to survive that situation but just did she just pull that out of yeah, your head it was just, oh, it was just it's the first thing that popped out of man the We've just been talking about a dude who's been shot five times and just gets up and runs off. And anything can happen. Um, yeah. So if your arm has been chopped off by a windmill, 
um, get in touch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Not immediately. It's just happened to call the There'll be a Twitter account. There'll be an email. And you can just let us know anything horrific that you want some advice on how to survive. If you've enjoyed it, give us a like, give us a subscribe, share it around. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you later. Email us at howtosurvivehorrormovies at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at howtosurvive.